Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where OP gets a bigoted professor fired. Our next Reddit post is from Kai Space Panda. So when I was a freshman in college, I registered for a basic English 102 course that doubled as a humanities credit. I thought, great, two birds with one stone, despite the rate my professor for the class being abysmal at best. A few things to note, I have ADHD and dyslexia. So I have a hard time reading most times, but especially handwritten stuff. Even my own handwriting. It's also important to note that I had an American with Disabilities Act allowance on file. These permissions included use of my tablet during class to write notes and about an hour longer on tests. Well, on my first day of class, the professor strolls in with the arrogance and snobitude of someone who thinks they're getting tenure this year. He starts going over the syllabus and says... There will be no phones, laptops, or technology of any kind in my class. You will write all your notes by hand. Which is not going to work for me, so I raise my hand and ask him if I can talk to him privately about the rule. That went over about as well as a lead balloon, and he starts getting snippy and says, Anything you need to talk to me about can be found in the syllabus. But again, I said that I had to talk to him and that it was pretty important. Finally, he just says, Say it to the whole class. I don't have time to deal with whining of any kind. Like, okay, dude. I say that I'm dyslexic and I need my tablet to take notes and read the assignments. And that my ADA permissions are on file and emailed to all the professors before class. He says, Yeah, I saw that email, but I don't care. You can do the work just like everyone else. You're not special, even if you were in special ed. (laughs) Oh, no. no. What have you done, dude? The class goes deadly quiet at that. I'm absolutely shocked at his bold and completely hilarious lack of awareness and care for his job. I'm staring at him open-mouthed, and he thinks that he's won. He's got this smug little face like I've just been told there are no other options, nor is there any way that he'll regret this behavior. One of the girls in class finally finds her voice and calls him out in his ableism and lack of decorum. But he cuts her off saying, If you don't like my rules, you can drop the class. So she says, Okay. And pulled out her laptop and dropped the class right in front of him. And taking the cue from her, three other students and I do the exact same thing and we leave the class together. I've never met this girl before, but she then asked me if I want to go to the dean because honestly, I'm really shaken. So I said yeah, and we go straight there, telling the dean of students what happened as well as the ADA counselor. They took the girl's statement in mine and discovered that this professor has pulled this stunt for years, but nobody wanted to get involved. Six months later, I hear that not only did the professor not get tenure, but he was also fired and blacklisted from teaching at the collegiate level. Let's let's just like, <laughs> let's just recap here. This guy said something discriminatory, which is a violation of a federal law in front of like 30 college student witnesses. And let's not forget that college students tend to be some of the most liberal people out there. So, (laughs) if you would expect anybody to stand up for discrimination, you'd think it'd be college students. Also, major props to that random girl. She sounds like an awesome human being. Our next Reddit post is from Ace Cooper. I worked for a mid-sized fashion company with around 150 retail stores nationwide as a maintenance and safety coordinator. 
Four months into the job, my manager quit, and I picked up everything. And I was doing fine on my own for years, and I was the only person in charge of maintaining the stores and the alarm systems in all the stores. I did get a pay bump, but not a promotion in my title. I put my contact number on every store's emergency contact list, just in case the primary contacts, usually the store managers, don't pick up their phones in case of emergencies. And the store managers almost always refuse to pick up calls during off hours. So my phone would ring at least two to three times every night. 99% of these times are false alarms, usually caused by window brake sensors getting tripped because of vibrations from a big truck passing by or a leaf hitting the window. I hated it, but I had to do it because if no one on the emergency contact list picks up the phone, the alarm company automatically calls the police for dispatch and there are penalties for false alarms, ranging from 50 bucks to 200 bucks for incidents after 2 to 3 freebies. It varies by location. In 2017, the Department of Labor passed a law requiring all employees making under a certain amount of money to be converted to hourly so they can earn overtime. My salary was $800 short of making the cut. I brought it up with HR, stating that an hourly schedule would actually interfere with my duties and an $800 raise in pay would make everything easier. HR simply said, Well, that's too bad, and we can't do anything about it at the moment. Well, okay. After that conversation, I put my phone on mute and stopped caring about anything outside of my 9-to-5 job. In hindsight, life was actually so much easier and better that way. And I'm not sure why I even wanted to stay on salary. Months go by without any serious issues, but the penalties for false alarms start to pile up. One day, the accounting department brought me into their office to ask what those costs were. I told them what they were, and they sent out a memo reminding all store managers that safety is of critical importance, and they have to pick up calls from alarm companies. No one bothered asking why there was a surge of these additional costs, and I didn't care enough to remind them that it was because of me. A few more months go by, and one morning I woke up to almost 20 missed calls on my cell. Apparently, one of our Florida stores was broken into the night before at around 3am. The store manager tried to get a hold of me because I was the person in charge of requesting and dispatching vendors for things like emergency boarding up. After an hour of trying to get a hold of me, she eventually started calling up everybody on the hierarchy for help, and I had 6 missed calls from the senior VP of operations alone. Eventually, the director of construction was able to get a crew to board up the store, but that was almost three hours later and everyone was royally pissed. Unsurprisingly, the second I stepped into the office, I was called into the office with all the senior management in HR, and they asked me why I wasn't there to take care of it. I simply replied, because I already clocked out. The senior VP of operations was obviously not pleased with that answer and said it was my duty and I had to be on standby at all times to handle these situations, even during off hours. To which I stated, oh, so I should be on call then. In that case, I'll have to work with accounting to get properly compensated for my on-call hours once we have a schedule established. The room went silent and nothing came out of the rather short meeting. Later that afternoon, HR called me into the office again asking whether I'd like to become salaried again with a pay bump. I said I'll take a pay bump, but I'd rather stay hourly and walked out. They did not give me the pay bump. OP, I'm proud of you for standing tall. They were basically trying to intimidate you into doing free work, and I'm glad you told them to basically stuff it. Whenever work doesn't get done, bosses are really quick to tell you that it's your responsibility. But when it comes time to pay for that work, suddenly it's no one's responsibility. 
Our next Reddit post is from DataNerd. This happened about 10 years ago at my American University. I enrolled in a class that two friends also happened to enroll in. It was an elective for our major. The professor, whom I'll call Professor Y, told me straight off the bat that our entire grade would be based off of two exams that would be open book, and we could collaborate with anyone else in the class as long as we cited that we did so. Additionally, this was the kind of exam that you could submit as many times as you want before the deadline. Professor Y's rules, though, were that he would grade easiest on the first try and much tougher with each subsequent try. Fair enough. Now, some background on this professor. I'm not defending him, but I do think this context is important. He immigrated to the U.S. from another country where women are seen as inferior and are often expected to be meek and quiet. Maybe less so nowadays, but definitely more so when he was growing up. In class one day, a female student challenged the professor and he argued back. She admitted that he made a good point and he said to her, You're very agreeable. You'd make a good wife. Now, at this point, I probably should have reported him for sexism. However, we all apparently let it slide. He was in his late 60s, had tenure, so I think we all brush it aside as harmless. I'm a female, by the way. Fast forward a few weeks into the semester and the first exam is given to us. I did the test together with my male friend, David. We submitted our test on the same day. On the bottom of my test, I wrote, worked with David because I wanted to follow the professor's rules. A few days later, we all got our first attempt at the test back. David scored the equivalent of about a C. My test had a big fat zero at the top with the words cheater written on it. I was shocked. I obviously waited until class was over and asked why this was written on my test, and Professor Y started screaming at me. I hate liars. I hate people like you. You are scum. You're a liar. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was sobbing and I explained that he said and that it was in the syllabus that we could work with other students. I asked where I cheated and Professor Y literally underlined the first five words of one question where both David and I started off the paragraph by saying something like, the reason that we're seeing these results is, and that was it. I asked him why he thought I cheated and not David, but Professor Y wouldn't listen to me and continued to insult me until I left. Now, my university was super strict about plagiarism and cheating. We got emails like once a week about the Honor Council. These emails said that anyone caught cheating would be reported to the Honor Council and sit trial. So, I went to their office and reported myself. They were all confused and were like, Wait, you're reporting yourself, not the professor? And I told them calmly that I had been accused and given a zero without any evidence, so I wanted to sit trial. They incredulously told me that no student had ever asked for a trial, but I was following the university rules and I was confident I would win. Needless to say, Professor Y was not happy. At the end of the next class, he pulled me aside and screamed at me yet again that these were his rules and his class. And he decides the grades, not the honor council. I said that's not the university's policy, and if he thought that I was cheating, he should have gone to them. Since he didn't, I did. He was livid and tried to bully me to back down, but I didn't. We had the trial, and obviously I won. At the end of the semester, I organized a meeting with the dean of the school and filed a formal sexism complaint against Professor Y. The dean, also incredulous, promised to launch a formal investigation of this professor and would be meeting with him to discuss it. I'm sure that nothing happened besides a slap on the wrist, but even a slap on the wrist was worth it. 
And down in the comments, we have this story from Lilith Immaculate. I feel this. I got accused of plagiarism in a sociology 101 class because I used the term nonverbal communication. All I got was a markdown on my essay and a note that I shouldn't be reading former students' essays. So naturally, I approached the professor and I was like, WTF? He told me the term had been a requirement to use in the essay in previous years and that there was no way I knew what it meant when he hadn't reached that chapter yet. I just stared at him blankly for like 15 seconds because I couldn't believe what he was saying. I kind of snapped and told him, You don't think that I'm intelligent enough to know that nonverbal communication means communicating through nonverbal effing ways? It's literally in the name. Jesus Christ, do you normally teach elementary school? He kind of just stuttered an apology and removed the demerit. I couldn't believe that a university had so little faith in their students that they couldn't believe that they'd understand a basic self-explanatory term. Our next Reddit post is from Sirenodomaniac. Long ago, in a land a couple of hundred miles away, my father wanted to dress up the front corner of our property with a section of decorative fence and a few rose bushes. Myself, being a tweenage boy and not having the good sense to be somewhere else, was drafted to help him one hot July Saturday afternoon. We brought the new fence post to the corner of the lot, along with a shovel and a post hole digger. It was a long, slow process, as the clay-heavy soil was fairly dry and hard-baked, and as such, each hole was taking the better part of 20 minutes to dig. This definitely wasn't on the list of things I wanted to spend my afternoon doing, but such is life. Right about the time we started on the final hole, Mom yelled to Dad from the house, announcing that he had a phone call. Since these were the days before mobile phones, Dad headed off to the house and instructed me to keep digging until I get back. Lucky for me, this hole went a bit differently than the first four. About the moment he got to the door of the house, I busted through the clay layer into a much sandier soil, where I could get a couple of inches of soil in one scoop rather than perhaps a quarter of inch per scoop. Easy peasy. Now, I was a good kid. I didn't cause any significant trouble, I got good grades, and I helped out around the house. But seizing an opportunity for malicious compliance was definitely among my personal strengths. So I kept digging and digging. Post holer in, squeeze, post holer out, dump, repeat. Dad wasn't on that phone call very long, but I made good time, and by the time I saw him at the door coming back, I was quite literally putting the post holer all the way down into the ground, to the point where the tips of the handles were just below the surface of the ground. And I couldn't really dig, because I couldn't open up the handles to squeeze the digging end anymore. So, if I had to guess, I'd say the hole was about 5 feet deep. How's it going? I think it's deep enough now. Let's put the post in and check. I am wearing a huge grin while he stoops over to pick up the post. Dad proceeds to drop the post in the hole. All the way in the hole. See, these posts were maybe about hip height when they were installed, probably about 5 feet long themselves. So, there's Dad, momentarily struck speechless amazement washing over his face. He looks at me. You told me to keep digging until you got back. I shrug. You little turd! And he laughs. <laughs> Dad had to grab the post with his fingertips and pull it back out of the hole. And it wasn't but a few seconds of work to refill the hole to the proper depth. And to this day, my dad loves telling the story of his maliciously compliant son. And then OP posted an update. Follow up. Years later, Dad realized that he should have followed the call-before-you-dig rule. Turns out, the hole that I was digging was within a foot or two of an underground main power line for the neighborhood. He still feels guilty about it, saying, I almost killed us.
<laughs> so like in, in an alternate reality, there's definitely a scenario where Opie's like, oh, ho, ho, I'm going to teach my dad a lesson and keep digging. And then he digs too greedy, digs too deep, hits the power line and kills himself. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.